The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes, and welcome to Recovering from Reality, where I illuminate the messy and magical path of coming home to yourself. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, we're serving up the ultimate truth. Your challenges don't define you. How you deal with them does. So, are you ready to recover from reality? Fundamentally, we weren't meant to birth like this. We weren't supposed to live like this. We weren't supposed to operate like this. Like So, what's happening to our brains and our nervous systems as a result of being alone and isolated, as a result of not having the necessary support as a result of not living in communion in large families and hunter-gatherer societies, as a result of the constant bombardment of stresses and of information on our brains. Like our brains are really never meant to consume this much content all day long. And so what happens is the vast majority of people end up depressed and having anxiety. Hi, family. Hi, my RFR family. It is the first Monday of the month, which means that today will be a Q&A episode. First of all, happy holidays. No matter what you celebrate, I am so excited and so ready for this season. I don't know about you, but I always joke that I have a seasonal depression. I get depressed on January 2nd until October 1st. I love this time of year. So uh, over the last almost decade of being a nuclear family with Evan and the kids, I've really prioritized traditions, having holiday traditions and making this time of year special because as a little girl, we didn't have any. And my family was always so chaotic. And so when I grew up, I said, you know what? I'm going to do it differently. And I've really made this time of year so special for me and my family. Now, of course, it feels a little bit bizarre because it's COVID and everything is all out of whack and we're not able to do all of the things that we usually do. It's nice because you know, those things don't really matter. The Disney on ice, going and seeing the Nutcracker, even going and sitting on Santa's lap for photos. Those things aren't the things that I cherish. The moments that I cherish are cooking with my family, slowing down, wrapping presents together. We have this tradition of always going and getting hot chocolates from either Starbucks or our local coffee shop. If it's open, ours isn't open on Sundays. And then going to get our Christmas tree. It is the small things like that, that just make this time of year so special. And I think especially because I have children that are young who are still so excited about Santa and all of those things. It just makes it extra great. So I would, I guess, encourage all of you to start a tradition. Doesn't matter if you're single, married, have kids, don't have kids. Start a tradition that feels good for you. Maybe it's making a homemade wreath. Maybe it is, you know, going to home goods and buying the ornaments you want for your tree and redoing your tree this year. Maybe it's buying a new ornament every year. We usually do that at Disneyland. And so obviously we can't do that this year, but that's okay. So little things like that. So I've got some great questions in here from you guys. We collect these both off of Instagram and in the Facebook group. I will say this every single Q&A episode. If you, there are thousands and thousands of you who listen to this every week. And I know so many of you reach out to me for help and support. And the Facebook group is just that. I'm in there all the time. Sadie, my assistant is in there all the time. And it's really an amazing community of people, predominantly women who are on the path of healing and who are really committed to showing up for yourself. So if you're in that group, thank you. And hey, love you guys. And if you're not in the group yet, please join us. 
you know, I think that we're stronger in numbers. You never know who you'll connect with, you know, who might have a similar story as you or who might be able to provide you insight into something that you're going through. So, you know, I always talk about how we're coming from reality. My intention was to create a community of people who are on a healing path. And so I hope that you'll join us over there. So let's dive into this Q&A. The first one is asked by Sophia on Instagram. She says, how do you manage to stay mentally okay during a pandemic? (laughs) And wouldn't we all like to know? (laughs) I will say that for me, there have been lots and lots of highs and lows during the last nine months. I have periods where I'm like, okay, I've got this. And I have periods where I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to survive another second of this. I think that for me, the first thing that comes to mind is acceptance. I think one of the first things I really learned in early recovery, and thank God for recovery because it's taught me basically how to navigate and how to live life on life's terms is that acceptance is the first step. So, and that doesn't mean you have to settle. That doesn't mean that this is always how it's going to be. That doesn't mean that you can't change your current reality. It's that the more that we are fighting against the, imagine you're swimming out in the ocean and it's very turbulent waters. The more that you're swimming towards that turbulence and you're in the throes of it and you're getting thrashed around, the more chaotic your life will be, the more chaotic you'll be in that moment. So what I've found works best for me is actually letting go and being in a state of acceptance. And it's almost like when I stop fighting things start to get better. Okay, so step one would be acceptance. How are you feeling right now? Am I feeling like shit? Am I exhausted? Am I depressed? Am I anxious? Am I having anxiety? Am I feeling, you know, like I'm on the hamster wheel of life? Like, okay, let's actually write down and get really clear on how we're feeling and come to a place of acceptance for all of that, right? Like, When I teach emotional freedom technique tapping, the very first part of that is we make a statement. So in this case, it would be, for instance, I'm feeling very, even though I'm feeling extremely overwhelmed right now, I acknowledge all of my feelings and I deeply love and care about myself. And this is also reparenting work. I mean, this is all the stuff that we do in my life reset course. It's learning how to accept what is and then being able to have the ability to kind of zoom out and get into solution. Okay, so what does solution look like for me right now? (laughs) And it's happened in stages because in this pandemic, there's also been a lot of grief for me. You guys know over the last several years, really, I've done a lot of work and have had to do a lot of waking up around the ways in which we operate as a society. And I think I say this all the time, and you've probably heard me say it before, but the the way that we're operating is just not sustainable. And so I've also kind of had to grieve because I feel like the weight of the world as an empath, right? And I think that oftentimes we just think we're bogged down with our own stuff because it's so overwhelming our own stuff that we can't think about anything else. But then when we think about everything else, we actually realize that we're not just feeling the weight of our own stuff. We're feeling the weight of everything. There was like a lot of grieving that needed to happen about the way that we've been living as a society and just how completely ass backwards it is. Like there is no reason that in 2020, anybody in America needs to be going to bed hungry. 
that someone needs to be homeless, that, you know, like all of these things. So there's been a lot of peaks and like the news and an election and intensity and my own mental health stuff and all of a sudden being thrown into, you know, no school with the kids and 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 navigating their emotions and running the treatment center in a pandemic is insane. And so after I come into a place of acceptance of all that is, I have the choice to work on myself, right? And to to do the necessary work. And so when we talk about doing that work, what does that look like? So right now, you guys, so many of us are actually being given the gift. Actually, I'm going to rephrase that. We are being given a massive sign, right? To like a lot of people. And it's interesting because we're coming up astrologically on a huge uh, paradigm shift into kind of this new age coming up on December 21st. That is a lot about us individually and as a collective healing and changing the way in which we live. But it, a lot of us have been given the gift of time right now. Okay. We're at home more. Maybe we're working remotely. You know, we have time. And during this time, it's kind of like, what are we doing with this time? Are we bettering ourselves? And I've really made a conscious choice that I'm going to come out of this quarantine pandemic better than I went into it. I think I realized that I was working too hard, that I wasn't spending enough time with my kids, that I wasn't doing things that brought me joy in my life. And now you guys are going, what joy? We're supposed to work nine to fives and do and work, 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 work and go, 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 go. I don't have time for joy. I don't have time for peace. Yes, you do. That is the old paradigm and the old construct and the old belief that we have to work, 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 and then die. No, we don't. (laughs) No, we don't. These are old belief systems. And I was really stuck in that. I thought, oh my God, if I only work this much harder, I will then have this much more money and then I don't have to work as much. What, Alexis? (laughs) That is not being efficient at all. Um, So I've really taken this time to work on myself. And there's many ways that you can do that. Um, My Life Reset course, which will be available right now at $39 a month, going up to a flat fee in January of... 500 and then after January 2021 it'll be going up to 799 for the year. So if you wanted to do that, get in on it now. The life reset course is a great tool and it basically walks you through your whole life, through everything, through every single nook and cranny and gives you the tools and perspective and support that you need to shift. But if you're not interested in doing that, find things that make you feel good. I think that we often forget how to feel good. (laughs) I think that's a real thing. I'm actually privately coaching. And yes, that's something that I offer, but I only do about 10 people a year. I'm privately coaching someone right now. And she goes, so what do you want me to do this week? And I go, I just want you to feel good. I just want you to feel good. I want you to focus on nothing else except for feeling good. And it's interesting because the following week she came back and she goes, I feel like a weight has been lifted on me. I have never felt good. I grew up with a mom who was so focused on perfection and who was so hard on me. And as a result, I'm so hard on myself and it's been so toxic. And I just, I was never good enough. And in this last week, I've just been doing more things that feel good. And I'm like, there you go. So what feels good for you? I would say for me, it's definitely doing my spiritual practice in the morning and in the evening. It is reading a good book. It is meditation. It is spending those extra couple of minutes with my kids before 
bed sometimes and sometimes it's putting them to bed early and crawling into my bed and watching junk TV for an hour and a half before I go to sleep. It is, you know, getting my circadian rhythm going, right? Going to sleep and waking up at the same time every day. It is all of these things that help me feel good. It is exercise. It is cooking a home-cooked meal. It is ordering out sometimes. It is just checking in with myself and being present enough to find what works for me. Now, if you are really mentally not doing well in this pandemic, consider treatment. Whether that's going into treatment, if you're addiction has started up again and or you've never been to treatment before, now is the time. If you need to see a psychiatrist because you've exhausted all of their options and you need to get on an antidepressant, I, I get it. I mean, I personally would try as much natural you know, product as I can for me personally. When I'm taking cod liver oil, high doses of vitamin C, when I'm taking, oh my gosh, why am I blinking right now? Magnesium (laughs) Um, and keeping my mineral levels up. I feel, and eating a good diet, I feel pretty stable now. But, you know, I've talked about my journey with antidepressants with and with TMS and I'm all for it. So I hope that answered your question, Sophia. I know that was a long answer, but yeah. Quick break from today's episode to talk to you guys about Kin Uvorix. As you guys know, I'm sober and especially around the holidays, I'm looking for a delicious alternative to an alcoholic beverage. And this might apply for you too if you're looking for a great way to spend dry January. Kinuforix is the first non-alcoholic drink for grown-ups who care about the little things like brain function, hormone harmony, great sex, and de-stressing after an insane day at work. Kinuforix are stacked with the good stuff and none of the bad. Think adaptogenic herbs and mushrooms that help curb stress in the moment and over time, as well as nootropics that support cognitive function, i.e. clarity, memory, and creativity. Kin Euphoric designed three mood-defying drinks for every occasion. It's like the Spotify of beverages. They have the high road, which hosts a herbaceous flavor and a feeling of lifted mind and relaxed body, which is great for a social hour. I reach for high road after a long day and add a splash of club soda or tonic with a squeeze of lime. It's perfect for when I'm looking for a way to kick back, but without the compromise. Then they have the Kin Spirits, which is a sparkling April-like brain boost without the crash or hangover. I crack open a spritz around 4 p.m. to beat my afternoon slump and shift from work to play mode. And then they also have the Dream Light. This booze-free nightcap tastes like an Amaro and melts away my stress, not to mention I sleep like a baby and wake up feeling awesome. My personal favorite is the Kin Spritz. I highly suggest for this holiday season. We've worked out a special deal for the Recovering From Reality podcast listeners. You can receive 15% off plus free shipping on your order. Go to kinuforex.com forward slash reality or use the code reality at checkout to claim this deal. That's kinuforex, K-I-N-E-U-P-H-O-R-I-C-S.com slash reality. Hi, I'm Dr. Deepika Chopra. My passion, calling, and job is really all about blending together holistic practices with real evidence-based science to help people around the world cultivate more optimism, success, and resiliency. You won't want to miss this new podcast as you'll get to hear from elite athletes, recording artists, couples, and maybe even my toddler. So if you're into arming yourself with some new practical happiness tools, join me on Mondays for your morning optimism dose. Oh, and don't forget, things are looking up. Here is another great one. How do you spend your alone time? So, and that's from Jess on Instagram. So it's so funny because we're in our houses all the time now, right? Like my kids don't go to school. They homeschool now. 
my house is often quite full because I homeschool with my best friend's children. So we've got the tutor and four kids and me and sometimes my nanny in this house. And it is wild, y'all. Like I said to my husband yesterday, I go, I have not been alone in four months. (laughs) I have not had a day alone in four months. And I am really feeling that. And I need you to take the kids out of this house for five hours. Go to the park, grab some lunch, sit down, let the kids run around. Y'all need to leave me alone. And so he did that. And how did I spend that day? Oh my God, it was such a yummy day. Like that's the word that comes to mind. And I know that that's like a weird word to describe my day, but it really was truly amazing. I crawled back into bed in my pajamas (laughs) and I watched some junk TV. I did not answer a single email, even though my inbox is so full right now. This was just yesterday. Um, So the inbox is still full and now it's like nagging me, but whatever, because yesterday I didn't think about it once and it was amazing. I meditated. I worked with, I did a bunch of shadow work and journaling. I did a tarot card pull. I ordered more DoorDash. Did I say DoorDash? No, I didn't. I DoorDash lunch and then I DoorDash dessert separately. I took a 30 minute shower because it felt good and I never get a long shower as a mom. And this is PG-13 or actually rated R, but I like totally masturbated. When do I ever have time to do that? Never, never, ever, ever. And I feel like that's so taboo to talk about. Like I feel cringe that I even just said that on the podcast, but it's the truth. Like I got out my vibrator, shout out to Woo. And I had a great time. And then my husband came back. And so I had lunch. I had my whole day in bed. I had my whole day in bed, in my room, at my altar, meditating, shadow work, long showers. It was just, it was a yummy, amazing day. And we all fucking deserve that. And I, I was telling my husband, you know, cause we try to have sex like once a week but sometimes we can't. And it's just like, I never get to do that where he gets to do it whenever he wants. He just locks the door and gets in the shower and does whatever the fuck he wants. But it's like, it was just so good. It was such a good day. And I feel refreshed and amazing right now. Um, okay. So moving on holiday gift guide tips. I would be happy to share (laughs) If half of my listeners haven't jumped off this this Q&A from now, um, by now, holiday tips for gifts. I have so many good ones for this year um, and none of them are masks. (laughs) I feel like masks are like the worst. Like just don't gift masks right now because it just is such a damper on the day. I feel like. So let's see. So the gift that I gave to myself, which I'm so excited and I'm hoping some of you will come and join me is this awesome chick that I've been following for a long time, Haley, who's a Reiki healer who's out by me is offering a virtual level one and two Reiki training on um, December 12th and 13th. And I hope y'all will join me. Some of y'all should join me. It will be a virtual class. We'll be in it together. If you want to do that, she's on Instagram at stay in vibe. And I'm so stoked because this is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. My mom has is like a level three Reiki master and has taught me a lot, but I've wanted to do an actual class, not so I can have a practice, but just so, you know, I can use it in my doula work, use it on myself, use it on the kids. I'm all about energy and healing and things like that. So I'm really excited about that. Then let's see after that, what did I get Evan? So I got Evan a nice watch. And then of course I got him some, um, CBD products from cured my favorite, one of my favorite artists on Instagram 
is this girl, Sophie and Lily, and she makes the cutest mugs ever. And I'm absolutely obsessed. Sometimes she has just cute little sketches, but sometimes she'll do like Princess Diana or she'll do a Biden Harris mug or she'll do Stacey Abrams. And she just makes the cutest stuff. Steve Kornacki, you guys probably don't. I'm a huge, I'm a fangirl for Steve Kornacki, if you even know who that is. But she makes the cutest mugs and little pins and stuff. So big fan of that. Crystals. We talked about crystals a couple of Q&As back. I got my girls, I started my girls their own little crystal kit which I think is such a cute idea. So I got them these adorable wooden hand-carved boxes off of Etsy. And then I started them with their own little like basic starter kit of crystals from my favorite shop, Loving Thyself Rocks. They're on Etsy. And so I got the girls a clear quartz, an amethyst, a citrine, and a smoky quartz, which I'm really excited about. Plant therapy essential oils are my absolute go-to, my fave. I love them. I use them every day. And then, of course, my OCML Boost Skincare. I wouldn't be a true podcaster without saying some RFR merch. (laughs) My family is definitely getting a lot of RFR merch. And then I got my girlfriend a really cute bag. They have the, um, you guys have probably seen this bag on my Instagram. Anytime that I've ever posted it, everyone has DM'd me. So she takes these worn in vintage Louis Vuitton bags and turns them into like masterpieces that are so cute. It's called Vintage Boho Bags on Instagram. And I am a huge fan. Um, And then for Evan, I'm also getting him some new socks, some great boxers. There are these boxers called Saks and they are the best. Your husband will thank you. It basically, essentially, (laughs) you know how their fucking balls get stuck to their legs. (laughs) So it has like a perfect protective kind of like layer so that doesn't happen in the boxer briefs (laughs) my husband's obsessed um and so I got him some of those and yeah those are the things that come to mind how do I maintain or protect my vibration staying in a high vibe when trying to do shadow work that was asked by Lizzie And wow, um, I really feel this. I feel this because I feel like anytime I've done shadow work and for anybody who is unfamiliar with what shadow work is, although I am very certain that the vast majority of people in this community are well aware of what shadow work is. So anytime I've done shadow work, it's been extremely challenging, you know, and after you've cleared and cleared, and cleared, and cleared, and cleared. When things pop up, obviously, it's like much easier to just start working through those things because you don't have as much guilt and shame around them. So I get it. Doing shadow work is certainly not easy. Usually, too, when we get to the point of finally relenting into doing the necessary work, we're already exhausted right? Like we're exhausted, we're tired, we're depressed, we're angry, we're sad, we're frustrated, where we are whatever it is. And then we go into this work or the opposite, which is we've been on this high vibe. Like maybe we've done some shadow work already or things in life are going good. And then it whacks you over the head. I can't tell you how many times that have happened. And it's like, oh, here's another thing that I've got to work through. Okay. So here's the thing with vibration. So we're all vibrational beings. Right. Everything on this planet is energy. Your energy, I'm energy. The planet is energy. Every single thing on this planet is energy. And in this universe is energy. And so 
when I'm talking about high vibe, I'm talking about literally lifting my vibration, right? My vibrational being, which means that I'm usually focused on being present, being in a state of gratitude, doing things that feel yummy, um, doing things that I love that make me happy, all of that. But here's the thing. We live in a duality, right? There's light and there's dark and there's a huge gray area spectrum in between. I always like to think of like the yin and the yang symbol. And my goal is to be the dot in the middle, right? Like my goal is to kind of be in a place where I can be, you know, centered, you know, and in in a place where I'm not too far to one side or the other, a place where I overall feel, feel good. But here's the thing. Sometimes you have to feel bad. And I do believe that there's something to like toxic positivity. And sometimes my mom does this to me. Like I'm having a really hard day. (laughs) This happened just the other day. It was Thanksgiving. I was having a hard day. My back was hurting from cooking. I had a migraine. Something had gone wrong at the treatment center work-wise and I was doing my hair and I was just like, I just feel like shit right now. I do. I feel like shit. I don't want to do this, blah, blah, blah. And my mom was trying to be, she was like, well, raise your vibe, da, 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 do all of these things, do all of this stuff. And it was like, no, I don't need to do any of that. I just need to acknowledge the fact that right now this fucking sucks. And I believe that there are stages to grief and that when we deny ourselves those stages, whether it be anger, sadness, despair, being in denial, whatever it is, we actually rob our ability to fully process the experience. I'm not saying you have to stay there. I'm just saying that if it's almost like, okay, so here's here's how attraction, law of attraction works, right? Like, what we think comes back to us. That's that's the belief, right? Like whatever thoughts we put out there, whatever energy we put out comes back to us. So immediately when we think of getting into a dark place, when we're in shadow work, we go, oh my God, this is what I'm attracting back into my life. But that's not actually true because when you are doing shadow work, you're actually dealing with your subconscious mind and belief systems, which will always outweigh the thought that you're putting out to the universe. I say this all the time. If you think I'm unlovable, if that is your core subconscious belief system, that is a total lie. It's not the truth. We know that, blah, blah, blah. But you're just constant. Instead of doing the shadow work, you're just saying, oh, I am lovable. And you're repeating this affirmation over and over and over again. It's not going to work. It's not going to work because the core belief system in your subconscious mind, which is just as worthy and as important of your conscious mind, is saying the exact opposite. So it's okay to process through those feelings. I think that the biggest thing, and this is where the reparenting work comes in, is being compassionate and kind and gentle with ourselves and having grace during that period. And then we come out of that period, right? And then after we come out of that period, we ride the the wave of high vibe until we get smacked over the head again with another thing that we have to work on that presents itself, whether that's in our relationship or with our parenting or in the workplace or wherever it might be. That's just the way that life is. It's peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. And what happens is as you do more and more and clear and clear more of the shadow work and and work through the subconscious programming that you that you've had and you begin to step into who you truly are and you're on the path of finding that and doing things that feel good for yourself and living presently and having deep meaningful connections with people and not living on automatic pilot anymore. Those peaks and valleys stop becoming so steep and so, you know, deep and hard. And then we get to a place where it's like something comes up, we get smacked over the head with it. And instead of it throwing us off of our rocker for two or three weeks, we're able to find our way back into the center within sometimes minutes, sometimes hours for me, sometimes a couple of days. 
So this is a question that I get asked a lot, (laughs) a lot, a lot, a lot. Would you ever do the housewives if you were asked? Mm, If you would have asked me a year and a half ago, I would have said no. (laughs) I would have said absolutely not. But I feel like if you were to ask me today, I would say maybe. The only franchise I feel like, unless they made a Real Housewives of Malibu, which I don't think they're going to because they have Beverly Hills and some of them live in Malibu, I definitely wouldn't fit in with the Beverly Hills crowd. I don't think that that would work out. So the only other option would be Orange County. And I would totally move to Orange County in a heartbeat. So I feel like I would get along with Bronwyn, who we have a mutual friend and have some things in common. And I just feel like if I were to do any of the franchises, that would be the one. I also feel like that one needs a little bit of like some spice in it. And I feel like I could bring that. My life is crazy and chaotic. I also get asked all the time if I would do another reality show. The answer is if it's the right show, probably. Just because I feel like now that I've been through it and come out on the other side, like I know what I'm getting myself into. All right. Two last questions and we will answer this first one pretty quickly because I think it already tied into what I've said. First steps to take on attempting to do the work as well as starting your own spiritual journey as someone who's not in recovery or AA and isn't struggling with addiction. I feel like, I feel like a lot of people are really starting to realize that they have work to do and that that's okay and that that's normal and actually healthy and that we should all be doing the work. And so you don't, yeah, like there's no prerequisite of how much personal pain or struggles or whatever it is that we have to go through in order to, you know, get on a spiritual path and start doing the shadow work and the process of finding out who we truly are. So I've said it once and I'll say it again. I really firmly believe that the Life Reset course is where it's at. It is a collection of all of the work that I've done for the last 10 years and the people who are in the group are seeing incredible results and it's weekly coaching with with me. And I just think that it really is a comprehensive year-long commitment um, at your own pace to doing this work and it puts it all together. If you're not interested in doing the Life Reset course or like you're not vibing with that or me or whatever, my suggestion would be to start meditating. I mean, there's a reason why every single guru out there does it and that's because it works. You know, I, I, it's interesting because I know a lot of people pray, but if you're just praying, but not actively listening for God, you're never going to get answers, right? Like we, that's the whole process is like, we've got to ask for what we want and listen for guidance. So start meditating, start journaling, And I've made book suggestions um, before, but I really love, uh, for beginners, the book, The Power of Now, the book, The Four Agreements, the book, A New Earth, the book, How to Know God by um, Deepak Chopra. Those are some like good starting places. If you're looking for things that are more spiritual and not religious, I know that that last book saying how to know God sometimes throws people off because they're like, is it religious? It's not. It's by Deepak Chopra and it's a great book. Here is the last question for me of the night because it is nighttime right now. I'm a first time mom. My son was born on September 13th. Congratulations. And I'm really struggling immensely with postpartum anxiety. Some days are better than others. But then I go down a dark rabbit hole and I envision the most horrific things happening. I was prescribed Klonopin and Lexapro. I haven't taken either. I know it's impacting my marriage in the worst way as well. And I'm not sure if it would be this bad if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic or keeping distance from people. I know other moms struggle 
I guess I'm just looking for some tips to navigate the really bad days. And that was asked by Trish in the Facebook group. So Trish, a lot going on there. First of all, I'm not a medical doctor, so I'm not going to tell you not to take medication. If you're nursing, you definitely can't take Klonopin. I'm sure Lexapro is probably fine, but you'd need to talk to your doctor. If you're not nursing, then you could take both, although be very careful with Klonopin because it will make you very drowsy and you're a mom. And here's my problem with benzos. And again, this is not to scare you. This is just because I really fully believe in making informed decisions. And I'm not saying taking benzos is a bad thing. Taking benzos, there have been moments where I've been suicidally depressed and like having 15 panic attacks a day and couldn't function where like a benzo was my only option. But you have to get off of them really quickly because what happens is when you take a benzo, it floods your body with this thing called GABA. And that's what makes us feel really good. And GABA is an essential neurotransmitter that we need, just like serotonin and dopamine and norepinephrine and all of that. So what happens is our brains stop making GABA because our bodies are being flooded with it. So it signals to the brain that it doesn't need to take or make any more. And then what happens is you end up needing more and more and more and you start feeling more and more anxious and your anxiety actually gets worse and worse and worse. And this is a situation with everybody. I've never met a single person who has been on benzos for a long period of time that this has not happened to where they end up having severe anxiety. Their anxiety got significantly worse because in any of the times, the blocks that they weren't taking the medication, they had zero GABA in their system, right? Because the medication wore off and then their body wasn't creating GABA and it needs GABA. And so what do we do? But that's not to scare you and to say, don't take Klonopin. I mean, if you're having severe anxiety, then Klonopin is a fine option. I would just say do it for like a short period of time, if that makes sense. I'm not a medical doctor, though. Let me repeat that. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm just saying what I would do. I would only take it for a short period of time to get me through. Okay, So let's talk about the postpartum journey as a doula. And this goes back to what I was saying about how like we weren't meant to live like this. Like we fundamentally, we weren't meant to birth like this. We weren't supposed to live like this. We weren't supposed to operate like this. Like, so what's happening to our brains and our nervous systems as a result of being alone and isolated, as a result of not having the necessary support as a result of not living in communion in large families and hunter-gatherer societies, as a result of the constant bombardment of of stresses um, and of information on our brains. Like our brains are really never meant to consume this much content all day long. And so what happens is the vast majority of people end up depressed and having anxiety. Postpartum depression an anxiety disorder can be from a number of things. It can be triggered from hormones. It can be triggered from your birth experience. Let's see, your baby was born in September and it's November now. So you're definitely, you're out of that like fourth trimester. It's very normal to feel all sorts of ups and downs for several weeks after you give birth to the baby. I will also say a lot of my clients have so many nutritional deficiencies, you will not find this with your normal MD. You need to go to a naturopathic doctor who knows how to actually order the specific blood work that you need to look at these deficiencies. But I can't tell you, like you've just had, (laughs) I wanted to say an alien, like sucking the life out of you, but like a baby. (laughs) My kids, I always thought of them as like little alien beings you know, like these like little sentient beings that were like attached to me, like sucking the life out of me for real though, right? So we have had this being that's been in all the additional nutrition that we've taken. For most people, we've been eating like garbage, eating whatever we want. And then we've been take, which no shame there. I did that with both my kids. And then the only additional nutrition that we're getting is from one little prenatal pill, right? And we've got this like eventual like seven to nine pound kid 
inside of us that's like sucking all the nutrition out of us. And then we give birth, right? And so we're depleted of tons of minerals, the way that we birth also like no water, no eating, no any of this stuff. And so our body is going to be really rocked from that. So here's the suggestions that I give to all of my postpartum mamas. And then after these things, if these things don't work, then I recommend going to a psychiatrist. Okay, so the first thing is nutrition, eating to heal our bodies. So that means lots of bone broth, extra magnesium. I always recommend magnesium glycinate. Okay, it's the most absorbable form of magnesium. I don't know if you know your MTHFR status, but it would be good for everybody to know that, um, to know how you absorb B vitamins, but definitely taking an additional multivitamin, eating lots of dark leafy greens and taking Floridix iron. It is a nutrition, a food-based uh, iron supplement. They have tablets and liquid. I like the tablets over liquid because the liquid tastes like dirt, basically. Floridix iron, um, and it is non-constipating. I know so many people deal with constipation when they take iron. Supplements, lots of upping the potassium. We're going to up our potassium by consuming coconut water and by consuming avocados. We None of us are getting the amount of potassium we need. We need around 4,000 milligrams of potassium a day. None of us are getting anywhere near that. And the amount that they put in a vitamin, which is usually around 90 milligrams, is just not cutting it. And then the last thing is salt. We are significantly deprived of salt. And our adrenal function, which our adrenal function is a huge part of our nervous system, is depleted of salt. So I suggest taking a teaspoon of soul and you can go to wellnessmama.com and find her soul water recipe. One teaspoon of soul water a day in water postpartum for six months. That's This is what I re- recommend that the mamas that I um, work with use um, postpartum, you know, and, and they all have to do their own research. These are just my suggestions. But I've noticed that by counteracting a lot of the nutritional deficiencies, they end up having a much smoother recovery period. And then the other thing is chiropractic. Um, Our sacrums are usually really out of alignment when we give birth. And our sacrum, if you think about it, our spine, all of those uh, nerves end up in our sacrum. And so if one is pinched or out of alignment, it can throw off our entire nervous system I would try to find a chiropractor that is Webster certified at the very least. The best would be someone that does SOT. But I also just want to say that you're so not alone. I mean, I still have panic that I'm going to kill my kids all the time. Like, I think we need to kind of normalize that. Like when I'm carrying Dakota up the stairs, my first thought is I'm going to fall backwards and she's going to smack her head and crack her head open on the floor. Like, I think that all of the time or, you know, did I do their car seatbelt right? If I didn't, what's going to happen? What if a semi truck smashes into the side of my car and kills Harper and she goes flying out the other side because her seatbelt wasn't on properly? I mean, I've had these thoughts. I had a thought, oh my gosh, when they were little in the stroller, I would think all the time, what if the stroller, I didn't put the brake on it and I'm loading groceries and all of a sudden the stroller just rolls down and someone runs over my baby. I mean, a lot of these things are just like our primal, innate fears. Now, I'm someone who had postpartum anxiety disorder diagnosed, so I get it. It is more than that. I'm just saying that there is a certain degree of that that is normal and natural. And then there is a part where it's a tipping part. And then after you know, you've passed that that threshold and you're like, this is not normal. You said it's affecting your marriage, which we don't want that. You know, And let's also talk about that. We don't have enough support as women. 
So like if if we have a newborn baby, we're sleep deprived and exhausted, we're in a pandemic, we don't have the amount of support that we need, we're not having that community, we feel isolated, lonely, our brains are going to start freaking out, they're going to go sound the alarm, something is not right here. I'm off of my circadian rhythm. I'm not sleeping properly. My body's in a state of fight or flight. I don't have enough support. I'm now having marriage issues as a result. Maybe my husband isn't being as supportive as he needs to or is not understanding. He thinks that getting on the medication is just going to be this quick fix and that I would be a better parent if so. And like everybody just needs to be able to pause and zoom out and slow down. Mothers don't get nearly as not enough support as they need. Not nearly. And we don't focus at all on healing postpartum. We just don't. We're like, oh, it's all about the baby. It's baby, 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 baby. Right? And who's taking care of mama? Most often, nobody. So my suggestion is look into nutrition, making making sure that you're getting those nutritional needs met, that you're eating a good diet, you know, seeing a chiropractor. If that's not working, going to therapy and trying medication, there is nothing wrong with that. You know who talked about that recently that was really great is Gabby Bernstein. I'm a huge fan of Gabby Bernstein. Please come on the podcast one day, Gabby. Let's all petition for Gabby to come on the podcast. She was all about no meds, no meds, super crunchy into, you know, she's a manifester, does like huge talks all around, New York Times bestselling author, had crippling postpartum depression and needed to get on meds and said she felt great. And I'm like, good for you. Good for you. Let's, if you need that, great. If it helps you, amazing. Amazing. But let's be doing all of the other things too. Let's look at it from like a holistic approach, right? Like mind, body, spirit. Nourish your soul, nourish your body, nourish your mind. Okay. And I'm sending so much love to you. And if you're still needing support, you can always DM me. And yeah, this has been a great episode. I love these Q&As. Um, we have some amazing guests coming up on the podcast this month and next month. We've got Kat Von D. We've got AJ McLean. We've got Johan Hari. I'm so excited for you guys to hear that episode is absolutely epic. And so with that, I hope you guys have a great week. I'm sending so much love to you all. And until next time. This week's affirmation is, I am committed to being my best self. And so it is. If you enjoyed this week's episode, do me a favor, head over to the podcast app and make sure to subscribe to us, rate us and leave a review. We have new episodes every Monday and you can follow along with us on Instagram at recoveringfromreality or visit our website at recoveringfromreality.com. 